This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel we're doing it well enough. Parenting is a high stakes job, but I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here today by myself without a guest, talking us about something I feel pretty passionately about. Um, it's banking. And although it's a really common practice for parents uh, and corporal punishment is kind of easy to frown upon, I think we're a little bit inconsistent in our culture and in our parenting beliefs uh, with, I think, what we really want to be. And I look at this in some ways of just kind of how we evolve as a culture and thinking about protecting a vulnerable population. So kids are by definition vulnerable. They're dependent on their parents. They're dependent on government. They're dependent on teachers for safety, for protection, for food, for shelter, right? So just by definition that way. And I mean, I think when it comes to spanking, what's such a hard thing for me to swallow about this is when you break it down to think about the act of physical violence um, and, and what we do from a government and from a society standpoint to protect each other. So, you know, we're living in an increasingly violent culture. And the last thing that we want to do is not only model something aggressive or violent, but not stand up and make change. So in our culture, right, you, by law, you can't hit your coworker. It's abusive, and you, you could go to jail. You can't hit your wife or your husband. It's domestic violence. You can't strike a stranger on the street or at a football game because you're, you know, really peeved. You can't do that. It's protected against law. So you can't hit your mother or your father. You could be elderly abuse. So you can't hit your mother or father. You can't hit your spouse or partner. You can't hit your boss or your coworker, and you can't hit a stranger. But in this country, you can hit a child, and it's not against the law. And in fact, there are numerous states that still allow hitting of kids in school. <laughs> so like, I just think when we look at it and we think about it that way as parents, like, what are we doing and why does banking happen? So a couple things to kind of zoom out about it. You know, there are all sorts of policy statements and all sorts of organizations across the world that look to think about how we protect children carefully. So, you know, as of this century, so as of 2014, 38 countries around the world have banned spanking. So we're, we're not one of them, of course. 38 countries have banned it, meaning that you can't take your hand and you know, most people describe or define spanking of taking your hand and striking a child's buttocks or striking a child's limbs is what most people think about. And you can't do that in 38 different countries. And and that comes about in part because of UNICEF's, UNICEF's big statement. It's called, you can look it up, it's called Educate, Don't Hit, which kind of outlined the rationality for going against corporal punishment for children in general. And, and this really comes down to somewhat historically debated data that, um, no, you know, it seems like hitting a child is a really definitive, clear no that a child would react to both in an acute setting, but also then kind of not revert um, to that same behavior historically. And I think the data has kind of gone back and forth in some people's minds and people rationalize it. But I also want to think carefully about, you know, not just modeling, but why is it that we're spanking and what do we hope to get out of it? I think most families do it because they think it's going to be effective. Most people have been spanked themselves. I was spanked as a child, not very many times. 
And I remember it. Like, I remember it like a mark on the top of my knee. Like, I can, I can tell you where I was. I can tell you what happened. I can tell you what it felt like. So I think we, th- we reserve spanking, or some families do, because they think it has this opportunity to be a really definitive moment of discipline. But the data doesn't back that up. I mean, the data around spanking doesn't show that it's an effective tool to change a desired outcome. And then the data follows that up by really proving that it causes detrimental outcomes for children. And those are pretty profound. Those have to do with things like reduced self-esteem, interfering with the learning process, like how a child can sit in a classroom and learn, how children feel victimized, how they feel and stimulate anger, and how they feel a sense of loneliness. So this is I mean, this is real. I loved an article in CNN a year or so ago where an author, Mel Robbins, said, quote, it should be against the law for a fully grown adult to slap, hit, spank, punch, switch, whoop, whip, paddle, kick, or belt a defenseless child in the name of discipline. But it's legal. And now research in the journal Family Psychology suggests that an average four-year-old is hit 936 times a year. That, I mean... Almost a thousand times a year, an average four-year-old can be hit. Now, I don't think that's always spanking. I don't know, you know, I, I think that things can be exaggerated. But I think one of the things we really have to think about is when do we spank and why does it happen? So when I think about great ideal parenting, like when I've slept a lot and I'm kind and I'm patient and I'm clearly defining what's right and I'm clearly defining what's wrong and I'm providing positive reinforcement at the right time and negative reinforcement at the right time, you know, to make bad behaviors go away, I, I think that's ideal. Spanking tends to happen in the heat of a moment. It isn't that you think like, okay, so my daughter, if she doesn't do her homework on Tuesday, that's going to be the sixth day in a row. And on Tuesday at 4.20, I'm going to spank her. It just doesn't happen that way. Spanking happens when things get escalated, emotions are elevated, we feel like we've run out of any simple tool we've got to help our kids understand what's right and wrong and expected. And then we would maybe spank or strike a child for them to remember it, to feel like we could get a desired outcome that I don't think we get. And that's why I earnestly don't think that spanking is part of the ideal toolkit. And it isn't because I think we should be shamed if, if we as parents have spanked our kids because we know somewhere between 65 and 80% of parents say that they spank their kids. But I think what we have to think about is when does it happen and why does it happen? And if the data shows it doesn't help our kids be more disciplined and it leads to kind of terrible and detrimental outcomes that are things as important as self-esteem, how kids learn, how they feel, how, um, how they feel victimized, how they feel safe, that when we really have to think of like, well, if it doesn't improve discipline and it causes harm, it just can't be in the ideal toolkit. So I think as we're moving forward and thinking about spanking, I love to kind of look at more and more data. And, and a, a study that came out in the Journal of Family Psychology as well was kind of this new meta-analysis looking to say that a lot of the criticism of the spanking data before had been that we couldn't really tell that. We, we know that parents who are more abusive tend to spank more, but not all parents who spank are abusive. So m- many parents who are using spanking are just trying to use it as a discipline tool. So there's been criticism of the research that hasn't teased that out before. And then there was criticism really that the detrimental outcomes, those self-esteem challenges, shame, um, uh, victimization feelings that kids were having, um, hadn't been borne out. So a new 
uh, meta-analysis has been published that really looked at it. And, and of course, what they found is, again, that there is no controversy here, that there's no data when looking back at thousands of studies that covered all sorts of children's lives. So this a meta-analysis means you take a huge number of studies and then you study the effect and results of those studies and the power of those studies kind of in composite so you can kind of raise it up with a big global outcome and kind of score to it. And so what they did is they searched journals for years and years and they yielded, they had two methods that yielded over 1,500 unique articles to be considered and included. And then they kind of whittled it down to really look at, well, how are they proving out if these relations are weak and if they're positive? And they had over 100 and some studies to do that. But I really love the conclusion of this study and I because it's emotional and it's clear. And I think it's truly in defense of children and truly in defense of parents, which is we all want to be strong and kind and careful, and we want our children to know right from wrong. But we think, I think we've been mis, we've been kind of confused. So they open the conclusion saying, um, and this is two authors, and we'll provide a link. This is um, Gershoff and Grogan Kaler. But they open the conclusion saying this, spanking children to correct misbehavior is a widespread practice, yet one shrouded in debate about its effectiveness and even its appropriateness. The meta-analysis that they did found no evidence that spanking is associated with improved child behavior and found that spanking is associated with increased risk of 13 detrimental outcomes. 13 badnesses come from this. I mean, it's kind of grim. And then they end it lastly with this quote that I, I think is just really worth listening to. It says, parents who use spanking, practitioners who recommend it, and policymakers who allow it might reconsider doing so given that there is no evidence that spanking does any good for children and all evidence points to the risk of it doing harm. So I think like this is such a strong opinion, but I feel like even if you've been spanked or even if you've spanked your child, maybe just think back of in what context does it happen and why? If, if we wanna use research to be smarter and more evolved, I mean, we used to have child labor. We used to, um, we used to push girls into arranged marriages. We used to facilitate, I mean, kids have not always been respected as equal members of our society. And I think spanking's just the next step in the United States to follow along these multiple dozens of other nations around the world who don't allow it. And so I think as we move forward, we just have to think, how can we be our ideal selves? And if spanking happens in the heat of a moment, then we're modeling that we get to a place where we we have to use our bodies in physical force and violence. And I think we have to step back and think how or why would we be using spanking and really earnestly, what are the alternatives? So five alternatives to spanking. Number one, I'd call them timeouts. And I know they seem a little dopey at first. And you've heard the algorithm of, you know, one minute for every year of your child. So a three-year-old can probably endure a timeout of three minutes, a five-year-old five minutes, your teenager, you decide. But a timeout in a time where you might think of striking your child or wanting to spank to be really powerful and clear, you might benefit from the timeout too. The next one is really thinking about logical consequences from just letting things play out. If you tell your child that they won't get to read any of their favorite books for a week if they're throwing the books around the room and then they lose access to those books, it may help curb the unwanted book throwing. And like every pediatrician wants to tell you to read every night, but that logical consequence might make reading time forever forward that much better. 
Number three, taking away devices of privilege. So many kids just kind of use iPads and screens and phones and televisions. Instead, if you're having a hard time at home, instead of thinking about spanking, like plan ahead and just say, unless like I am in charge, I'm the mom or I'm the dad and logical consequences aside, if you're not a good citizen and I get to decide if you are or you're not, or you don't do, or you aren't doing and living up to the expectations or rules of our house, you're not going to get the device of privilege. So you earn time on an iPad and get a reward rather than only taking things away at home. Next, I think really about natural consequences. So different than logical consequences where a child has to connect a loss because of logic, natural consequences are just letting something, a desired behavior that you're trying to avoid play out so that they actually feel it. So if your child refuses to keep clothes on during a meal, right? You can just let them know that they're going to get cold during the meal, but they're required to sit with the meal until everyone's done. They can't get up in the middle and get dressed. Or like, I can't get kids, I can't get my kids to ever wear clothes outside. So went on a bike ride a couple nights ago and my son wore a tank top. I mean, it was like 50 degrees and I begged and begged and begged for the sweatshirt. And it was just like, you're going to get cold. And he said, well, I know that that's what's going to happen. He did, by the way. And I think next time he's going to wear a sweatshirt. So, you know, if your kid walks out of the house without shoes on because you are refusing to bring it up again and he doesn't have any shoes and he goes to a place where he's really uncomfortable and it doesn't quite work and he can't attend an activity, that's a natural, beautiful consequence and far better than the heat of a moment. And lastly, just setting our kids up for success. I think we all need to be reminded of this, that, you know, we need sleep, we need patience, and we need time and margins. And that often, I think, you know, these kinds of spanking type or strike or or rage of anger that we can get to comes about because of all sorts of our context. But if we can set our kids up and really be clear with them that we're not going to strike them, that spanking is not going to be used, but when we're serious about things, we inform them of these times, these special moments in life, maybe we can do a better job. I think it's all of our jobs to protect children. I think it's all of our jobs to protect the incredible role and privacy that we have in our homes as parents. And for me, I can't endorse spanking because I don't have any data that's going to help you discipline your kid. And we have lots of data. It's not good for these kids longstanding. I hope you can connect with this data, and I hope this helps. Reality is parenting is a really high-stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 